Man, so tonight is the last Wednesday of the year, and so we find it's the last service of the year, and we're looking forward to the first uh, service of next year, which will be Sunday, and uh, we're praying the Lord will prepare our hearts for that as we kick off 2023, and so we know that uh, the Lord is in charge. We know that He's in control. Uh, we have no fear. Uh, all things will be well. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, there's some things that we might need to consider, some things we might even need to look into uh, in our own personal walk and walk and, and way with our Lord. And so we'll be preaching on that thought tonight. And then uh, starting in January, we'll be back into the Bible studies. It'll be the last Friday of, of uh, January. We'll be having a Bible study here at the church again. Looking forward to that. We'll be going out knocking uh, doors and uh, inviting others to come to church. And I mentioned tonight uh, to Sister Cindy that I'd like to uh, uh, get some things put together and then go to the square, you know, down there in, in the Sugar Land and uh, go there. Uh, but I, some things I don't want to do, I don't want to preach on the street. I don't want to bring that negative, neg negativity to that. I don't want to go and take tracks and just force people to take tracks or to put pressure upon them to receive a track so they take a track and either tear it in our face or throw it in the ground or put it in the trash. Uh, that accomplishes zero. Uh, now what I'd like to do is I'd like to have some sort of little packet uh, that we can uh, politely and kindly and cordially uh, just give to them and say we'd like to have this for you. Within that packet, have something that is useful. Uh, maybe a envelope opener or maybe a pen or maybe uh, some other item that is useful items. And that packet will have a track, and that track will have an invitation to come to church and also a, a way of a plan of salvation. And so y'all pray about that. Uh, I'd like to do 100 of those. And if we can get, you know, 15, 20, 30 people on a Friday night uh, to go and and group up and just go all over that square, just passing out these uh, these little, I don't know what you'd call them, little gifts or something of that nature. Uh, no telling what God can do. Now, I'll tell you this, if we don't do that, uh, God's not going to do anything. But if we do do that, then God has potential to do something, right? And so uh, I'm interested in doing something so that God can do more. Uh, and so just some little things like that. I even thought about, uh, you know, the Fort Bend, um, the Fort Bend, whatever it's called, the what? No, it's the, they have out there where they have uh, the the uh, the games and all that kind of stuff. The fair, during the fair time to have a booth out there. And uh, I've seen in the past that Sugar Creek Baptist Church had a booth, River Point had a booth, uh, Glory Baptist Church can have a booth. All right, and that means that we man the booth. And then there's out there also, I noticed that there's some festivals that go on, uh, different type of festivals that have other little booths and things that, that I like to get involved in. So I'm just trying to think, and I'm asking the church tonight to think with me and to pray, how else can we reach this community and the communities around for the cause of Christ? Amen. I don't want to be just satisfied. I don't want to be just content. I am with Jesus. And I am in my salvation, but I'm not in our, our, our work. And so we 
Now to continue to work, continue to think, continue to reach out in different ways, to think out of the box, uh, to uh, we're going to do the door knocking. We've been doing that for many years, but there's other ways, other things that we might be able to come. And you might have that idea. And I'm just trying to encourage you tonight to tell me that idea, to share it with me, and uh, that we might put into action and let's see what God can do with it. All right? Uh, Y'all in agreement with that? Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to read Psalms tonight, and if you'd like to read, you're sure welcome to do so. Uh, Just line up, as we always do, each Wednesday night. And we'll begin there in Psalms 47. Psalms 47 tonight. And if you'd like to read, you're sure welcome uh, to do that. Psalms 47. All right, Brother Keith, looks like that you are... You're first up, man. Oh, ladies first? Okay. All right, Sister Teresa. All right. You going to let her go first? All right. Throwing you in the fire already. (laughs) All right. Let's stand in honor of God's word. Yeah, right there. There you go. And so let's see here. We got uh, how many verses? It's going to be 9 and 14 is 23 and 43. And there's four of us. It's 11 apiece. So uh, 11. Yeah, Psalms 47. You only got nine verses. So you're going to read also in the Psalms 48 verses 1 and 2. Whom he loved, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises unto our King, sing praises. Amen. For God is the King of all the earth, sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen, God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. Mm. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Amen. Thank you, sister. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled, they passed by together. They saw it, and so they marveled, they were troubled and hasted away. Fear took a hold upon them there, and pain as of a woman in travail. Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind, as we have heard, so we see in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God. God will establish it forever, Selah. We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generations following. 
Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Amen. Hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline my ear to, the, to a parable. I will open my dark saying upon the harp. Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil, where the iniquity of my heels shall compass me about? They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever. Yes. That he should still live forever and not see corruption. For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish, and leave their wealth to others. Man, thank you. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. This their way is their folly, yet their posterity approve their sayings, Selah. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me, Selah. Mm. Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Thou, uh, yeah, thou while he lived, he blessed his soul, and man will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. Man that is an honor and understandeth not is like the beast that perish. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy tonight. Our message is going to be out of chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. I want to preach tonight on the past, the present, and the future. The past, the present, and the future. I believe tonight that's where we need to be right here on this last service of this year. The past, the present, and the future is all important. We see in verse 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me in Antioch and Iconium at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Father, we come to you in the most precious name, the name above every name, Jesus, tonight. We thank you already for the reading of your word. God, the precious Psalms, the, uh, the glorious word of God that brings hope and brings help. And God, that it brings a reviving into the souls of those who want it. And we pray tonight, Lord, that you'd help us to understand your word more clearly. God, give us the word from God. I pray you'll help us tonight as we come to the end of this year, the end of our time at church and the services. And, and so, Lord, that we're looking forward to end right. God, we're looking forward to finish correctly. God, we want to do everything that's pleasing in your sight, and we want to honor you, Lord. I believe tonight how you end is how you start, and I believe tonight, dear God, that each one in this room is already starting right for next year. I pray, God, you'd be blessed now that you'd move. God, you'd open the eyes and the hearts that we may understand it more clearly. We need the help of the Lord tonight in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In verse 10, Paul is speaking about the past. He says, but thou hast fully known. Hast is a past tense. And so we find that he's saying to the people there, I am telling you something of the past. And then he says in verse 12, will live. That's the present. Yea, in all that will live. That's what's going to take now. That's the present tense. And then we find in verse 13, it says, shall wax. Seducers shall wax. That's talking about the future. And so we find in the scripture, he's dealing with three periods of time. The present, the past, and the future. And I believe tonight as a Christian going into 2023 that we need to consider and concern ourselves with those three periods. We cannot say it's the past, it's the past, let it go. Not in our Christian life. We can't say, well, today's the present and, you know, we did what we did and we've done what we've done and, you know, it's so be it. Uh, and let that go. And then you say, well, the future's tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow holds, so I can't really worry about that too much. I'm just going to just live by the day, by the hour, by the minute, by the second. And uh, I'll tell you, when you hit 2023, you're already going to be behind. You're already going to be lacking and slacking. You're already going to find yourself in a hole. Now, I know that many people use this New Year resolution as something that I'm going to get something going in my life. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to add some things in my life. I'm going to save money. I'm going to, uh, you know, do better on this, that. I'm going to fix and repair some things. And, you know, we go through all that process, and all it is is just smoke, right? It's all it is is just talk. And so we find ourselves about in February, back in the old, old uh, way that we were in November and September of the last year. We find ourselves discouraged. We find ourselves distraught. We say, can I ever do what I say I'm going to do? Why can't I ever say that I'm going to lose weight and I don't ever? How can I ever say that I'm going to save money and I don't? How can I say that I'm not going to spend that much money anymore and yet I do? You know what? I'm just pathetic. I'm no good. I'm sorry. I, I tell you what, I just give up. I can't do it. Now, that's a lot of mindset that goes on in people's lives today. Now, in 2023, we got to be ready. 
We, we would be foolish tonight to think that we could just jump into 2023 just like we are in 2022 and be successful and be prosperous as God wants us to be. I don't believe that's so tonight. I believe we need to look back. I believe we need to look right here. And I believe we need to look in the future and for us to be ready to where God would have us to be. Uh, we find ourselves tonight at the end of another year. The question is, is what do we do from here? Do we do just like we did last year or we do something different? And what are we are going to do? Well, I'll tell you what we don't want to do. We don't want to quit. Don't quit. If you quit tonight, you'll never get there. If you quit tonight, uh, you'll never be anything you want to be. Your children will be disappointed in you. Your spouse uh, will be discouraged with you. Those that love you and care for you, uh, they will just look at you and say, boy, what potential that you had, what possibility there was. Uh, don't quit. Don't quit your marriage. Don't quit your parenting. Don't quit your job. Don't quit your church. Don't quit. Number two, what you don't do is you don't let up. And 2023 is not a time where we let up. It's not a time when we kind of kick back. It's not a time when we hit early retirement. It's not a time where we just take it easy. It's a time where, you know what, I've been at the meadow at the pedal in 2022. In 2023, I'm just going to cruise. I'm just going to kind of let back, let up. I'm just going to let things fall. I'm going to let things just however they come, however they fold, whatever presents, whatever it is. Hey, so be it. I'm tired of that. No, tonight, that's not what Christianity is. That's not what Christians do. We cannot let up. Uh, the devil wants your home. The devil wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to shut down your church. He wants to cause your marriage to be in a divorced state. He wants to take you and bring you to the gutters of this world today. Listen, the enemy tonight is strong and well. The enemy tonight is real you cannot let up. You cannot. You cannot only not let up and quit, but you cannot give in. You can't give in. You can't give in to the trials or temptations. You can't give in to the world. You can't give in to your family. You can't give in to the, those that you consider to be your friends tonight. You have to stay with the stuff. You've got to stick it out. You've got to keep it moving. You've got to keep it progressing. You don't have time tonight to allow uh, the, the, the things in your life to just become a place of, of nothing. And so we find tonight what we can't do. Now, we do need tonight to consider what Paul has experienced here and what Paul has explained and, and then what Paul has exhorted. Now, if you begin there in chapter 3, verse 1, you'll see the theme of what Paul was trying to tell Timothy. The theme is, these are those of the last days. He says in verse 1 of chapter 3, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And so already Paul was setting a, let's say, a context. He's setting here sort of a mindset. And then he goes, begins to say about this last time, men shall be lovers of their own selves. And as I read this tonight, uh, you ought to be saying within yourself, yes, Paul's right about that. Men are lovers of their own selves. He's right about that. Covetousness or covetous, right about that. Boasters, proud, 
blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and led captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. That's one of the most popular, uh, discouraging, truthful, damning verses in all of our world today. Is that verse 7? Let me read it again. Ever learning. We have more learning in every place, in every uh, arena there is. You learn on, on any social media. You learn on any uh, church website. Uh, you learn on, on every uh, uh, college. You learn on every way of education. People are learned, 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 learned. All over the place. You can know anything you want to know tonight. We're at our, at our fingertips tonight and the computers and, and all that we have before us and, and electronics tonight. Uh, we can learn. We can be so learned tonight that our head would explode with information. But verse 7 says this, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's the problem in the day in which we live today. A lot of learning, but... Uh, because there's a lot of teaching and not a lot of preaching. When you be begin to preach the truth, people get saved. But when you teach knowledge and instruction and when you teach information, all you get is just knowledge. There's no salvation in that. But we find here tonight, verse 7 is horrible. That's exactly where we are tonight. And so in this thought, in this theme, in the context of what Paul was trying to say in the rest of the chapter, he begins with telling us that this is the last days. Now, number one, I want you to notice uh, concerning the past there in verse 10, Paul with the past is leaving no confusion. What he's telling his listeners, what he's telling Timothy, and what he's telling Timothy to tell us and what we're listening here tonight is even though we're in the last days and even though those, those things are taking place and all that is true, he says you're going to have to, with the past, leave going into 2023 no confusion. Don't allow your past to bring confusion to those around you. Don't allow your past to bring confusion with your children, with your church, and with your family tonight. So what do you mean, brother? I'm saying that Paul is saying there in verse 10, thou hast fully known. So there's no confusion with Paul's past. He's saying, I know we're in the last, I know we're coming into the last days. I know the last days are coming. But I'm letting you know right now that thou hast fully known, past tense. You have fully known, number one, my preaching. He says he used the word doctrine. And tonight, there needs to be no confusion of your past of what your doctrine is, of what you teach, of tonight, of, of what you testify and what you tell. That word doctrine means teach, testify, tell. 
And friend, you've got to know tonight, if going into 2023, that you're going to have to bring no confusion of your past. Does people know your doctrine? Does your children know what you teach and what you tell and your testimony is? Do they know that? Does your family know that in the past? Do they know that? That, they, that you are in even no confusion. I'm going to 2023 and you know exactly what I teach. You know exactly what I preach. Amen. I'm telling you, Paul said the first thing that you got to do is you got to make fully known what your doctrine is. You know, your family may know your recipes and your family may know your secret uh, things and your, your, your family may know how to build things because you taught them how to build things. But tonight, the most important thing that they know is your doctrine. Your doctrine. That's what you teach. That's what you teach to them. That's what you teach to everyone. That's what you teach to all one. Amen. Number two. He said, don't you fully know my preaching, but you fully know my practice. He said in verse 10, my manner of life. You fully know that. Now I'm talking about no confusion. You've got to live a life that your past will bring no confusion about your manner of life. That word manner of life means mode of life. It means way of life. It means course of life. Are you living such a life in your past? You say, well, can I tell you what kind of person you are? Yeah, let's take a picture of your last six months and let's put it up on a projector and let's watch your life at home, at work, at church, at Wally World, at the park, at the beach, wherever you went, and let's watch you, what you did, what you said, what you drunk, how you behaved and who you behaved it with, and let's watch all that for the last six months, and that will give you a glimpse of the manner of your life. Right? Well, are you bringing confusion by coming to church on Wednesday night because of the manner of life of the past? Are you bringing confusion of the way and the mode of life when you come to church on Sunday or when you tell them, hey, let me tell you about Jesus? They said, well, we know your manner of life. So tonight we say to you in the, with the past that you're going to have to be fully known on the manner of life. And so there can't be confusion. If there's confusion of your past about your manner of life, you'll be not effective in 2023. Number three, he says, you have fully known not only my preaching and my practice, but you have fully known my purpose. In verse 10, that word purpose means motivation, intent, and reason. You know why I do what I do. You know what is my aim in my heart. You know why I get up and you know why I go to work and you know why I come home and you know why I go to church and you know why that I do what I do what I don't do and that you know the purpose of my life. Amen. And so I'm just saying tonight, your past is, has to have no confusion about your purpose. Talk about moving on to 2023. We've got to look back first. Did I bring confusion to my family about my purpose, about my preaching, and about my, the way in which I practiced? Number four, fully known my persuasion. In verse 10, the Bible says, he used the word faith. The word faith means persuasion. And so what he's saying is, as I in my past have brought no confusion 
to anyone about my faith, about what I rely upon, about who I trust in, about who I'm confident of, about who I'm assured in. You know my faith. And tonight I pray that in your past there would be no confusion on your persuasion. What persuasion are you? Are you the Lord? What persuasion are you? The friend, the family, what persuasion? Well, Paul said, listen, in my past, it's fully known of my persuasion. That word, that word there, again, means reliance, it means confidence, and it means assurance. Just faith tonight. Talking about moving on to 2023, we can't do that until we go back and check out our past. Has it brought confusion? Paul said, it has it for me. You fully have known my perseverance, he says in verse 10. He used the word long-suffering. You've seen how I have, have persevered in my past. You've seen how that word persevere means be constant. It means be steadfast and faithful. In the past, I've been steadfast. I've been faithful. I've been persevering. And that is what I have done. And so I bring no confusion to anyone. To know that I will be long-suffering. Tonight I wonder, is that the case with you? Can you look back and you brought no confusion because you've just been faithful. You brought no confusion because you've just been steadfast and you've just been unmovable and constant. That's your past. Tonight we need to look at that. Is it bringing confusion? We find tonight, fifthly, fully known my passion. He says in verse 10, charity is that word. And so he's saying, you have fully known in the past my charity. You have fully known my passion, my affection, my love, and my goodwill. Tonight it brought no confusion. I say I love you, but I treated you like dirt. I say that my heart has an affection for the things of God, and yet the things of the world really control me. That's confusion. Tonight, Paul's saying, look back now in the past. Is there any of these that of your preaching, of your practice, of your purpose, of your persuasion, of your perseverance, of your passion, has it brought confusion of the past? Amen. We got to think of that. Now, if we want to go in 2023, we want to go in it in the way God wants us to go in it. That's the things we have to look into. He says, again, in verse 10, he have fully known my patience. He said in verse 10, the word patience means waiting, sustaining, and it means enduring. I've been patient in my past. I've been patient, enduring, and waiting for the Lord, and waiting for you, and, and waiting for you to come around, and, and waiting for you to, to get it all together. I've been waiting for me to get it together, and the Lord enduring all these things and providing. I brought no confusion to anyone concerning my Christian life. So we find in verse 11, you have fully known my persecutions. He says, that word persecution means of fights and battles and wars. So in 2022, uh, you know fully that I've been in battles. You know I've been in wars and fights. And so you have known that. And as a Christian tonight, I'm just saying that you have known those things. But I didn't want to bring no confusion to you. 
to tell you I haven't been in any. That everything's just been perfectly for me. That I've been in no battles, no wars, no troubles, no, no strives. It just seemed to be a happy-go-lucky year. But what I'm saying is you know my persecutions. And then lastly, he says, you have known, fully known, my pain. He said, use the word afflictions there in verse 11. Afflictions means suffering and hardship and calamity. Paul was saying to Timothy, saying to the church tonight, God is saying to us, in order for you to go on to 2023 and walk with God correctly and walk with God with power and authority and walk with God with pleasure and delight tonight, you're going to have to look at your past and say, have I brought any confusion in any of those areas? In my pains, persecutions, my passions, my preaching. And if you have tonight, tonight's a tonight to say, Lord, I just want to make that right. I'm sorry. And those that are in your family and those who know that you've been a hypocrite, know that you have brought confusion, you say you're one thing and you act different. You say that you love Jesus, but it just seems like when you come through some pain or when you come through some hardships, you just kind of give up, give away, let go. Uh, think about these things tonight. We're going to move on to where God wants us to be in 2023. And matter of fact, he wants us to progress. He wants us to move on. He doesn't want us to stay back here. But in order to do that tonight, we got to look at our past. And with our past, there's no confusion. You've got to clear up confusion in your life. Amen? we got to do that tonight. we got to look back and say, boy, I might have brought confusion here and there. Get it right with your wife. Get it right with your children. Get it right with your people. Get it right with your friends. Hey, listen, I, I know I'm a Christian. I know that I'm saved. I know I'm born again. But you know what? That happened last year, and I sure didn't do right on that. And I brought confusion to my home. We need to get that straightened out. Amen? Number two, I noticed tonight that this, this fully known my performance. He says in verse 11, he said, what persecutions I endured. But all, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. And what Paul is saying is you in the past have seen my performance. I have been through a place of persecutions and I have endured every burden. I have endured every hardship. I've endured every trial. But three things I did it with. Number one, I did it by his power. But the Bible says, but out of all of them, all the Lord delivered me. I did what I did by his power. There's not one time that I ever was victorious, was I ever able to not bring confusion. I was able to go forward and move on and not bring any kind of glitch in my life. It's because of his power. He delivered me. Every single time, God delivered me. The Lord delivered me. I endured it. Oh, it's hard. It was difficult. It was very heart-wrenching. But I can say to you, the Lord is faithful. The Lord is the one who brought me through that. And every single time, he never left me behind in 2022. Not one time did I ever fail him, did he fail me. Not one time did I ever endure something that I would say that it wasn't by his power and it wasn't by his presence, amen, because it was by his presence. 
He delivered me by his power. He delivered me with his presence. And he delivered me for his praise. And the reason why God would deliver me from every, every, every trial and tribulation and persecution that I had uh, this time in the past is so that he would get praise. So that I would tell the church, Lord, church, let me tell you something. I went through this situation, but God helped me through it. That's why he let me go through that situation. Because he wants praise. He wants to know that it was his power that helped me to endure that. And it was in his presence that we got it all done. It was him that brought us to 2023, 2022. Hey, we are where we are tonight, uh, December the 28th, right? On a Wednesday night. And a few more days, we're going to be in 2023. But we can look back tonight and say, listen, Lord, it's your praise and your glory and your honor. You brought us this far. It hasn't been easy. It hasn't been just a, a rock, uh, just a little walk in the park. It hasn't been smooth, and it hasn't been just a really light. It's been heavy and difficult, and it's been very challenging, and it's very been very hurtful and suffering and painful. But we can say you delivered us all. Amen. Hallelujah. Though tonight we're gonna have to look back in the past to see if there's any confusion that we have brought i pray that we would do that tonight can we look back and say i left no confusion in my past for everybody knows who i am everybody knows what i am and everybody knows why i am those are three questions tonight that you need to pose i tell you again you need to ask or you need to say that there's no confusion in my past because everybody knows who i am and everybody knows what I am. And everybody knows why I am. Those three things tonight will get you into 2023 with a joy and smile on your heart. Number two. Now is the past having no confusion, but in the present having no contradiction. But in the present having no contradiction. I wonder tonight. Right now, is there contradiction in your life? The Bible says in verse 12, Yea, and all that they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's present. He says, yea. He don't say maybe. He don't say probably. And it doesn't say possibly. He says, yea. Yea. Verse, verse 12, verse verse, first word. Yay. But yay. So what does that mean? Every time. That's what it means. It means every day and it means every occasion tonight. It's yay. What is yay? Three things tonight. Number one, the purpose living. You see, tonight, what's present and us having no contradictions is that we have a purpose living. A purpose living. What do you mean? Well, it says there in verse uh, verse 12. All that will live godly. That's purpose living. I live godly. Why do you live godly? Because my mama wants me to live godly. No, that's not purpose living. Because my spouse wants me to come to church. My spouse wants me to uh, have devote. My spouse wants. No, that's not purpose living. Purpose living tonight is you living on purpose godly. And friend, that's tonight what yea is. 
That is living godly. And living godly tonight means living godly like in Titus chapter 2. Uh, you can just switch over. It's just a couple of verses over, a uh, couple of pages over. Chapter 2, look there in about verse 12. He says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. When do we do that? We do it now. Not in the past, but we do it now. And how do we live now? We live godly. What does that mean? That means we're going to live toward God. That means our life's going to be a devotion of God. That when we get up in the morning, we're devoted to God. When we go to bed at night, we're devoted to God. When we go to work, we're devoted to God. When we come to church, we're devoted to God. When I get home, I'm devoted to God. I'm devoted to God. There's never a time when I'm not devoted to God. Living godly on purpose tonight is living for God. But then he says, not only live godly there, but he says also to live righteously. Now, like righteously, meaning that I'm going to live for others, that I'm going to do right to others. I'm going to be right with others. I'm going to make sure that others is knowing that I am not going to do them wrong. I will not be evil to others. I'll be good to others. I'll do right to others. I'll be right with others tonight. Uh, that's a determination. A devotion is being godly. Uh, righteously is being determined. I'm determined that I'm going to be right with my brother. I'm going to be determined to be right with my spouse. I'm determined to be right with my children. I'm determined to be right with my coworker. I'm determined to be right with uh, those in my church. I'm going to be right with those that are my friends and my family. I am going to be determined. That's living righteously. Living godly, but then he says living soberly. That word living soberly means you. Discipline. I'm going to live disciplined yeah i'm going to live not only godly that's towards god i'm going to live righteously that's towards man but i'm going to live towards me i'm going to be disciplined in my life i'm going to live godly the bible says that in verse 12 that's present living i'm going to live godly uh, that means i'm just going to live uh that myself is disciplined to god that i'm going to keep myself under subjection I'm going to keep my eyes off the things that, that they don't belong on. I'm going to keep my ears from things that they don't need to listen to. I'm going to keep my hands off of things that don't need to be touched. I'm going to keep my feet from things that don't need to go. I'm going to keep my mind from things that don't need to be. I'm going to keep my heart. Friend, that's what it means to live soberly tonight. That's present. If we're ever going to get into 2023, Fred, you've got to deal with your present. You can't just jump and skip and hop and happy Hallelujah and get the get on Sunday and walk in here Sunday with a smile on your face and you've been ringing the bell last night and, and you're going to have this uh, Happy New Year of all this kind of stuff going on and get you a cupcake says Happy New Year and you're going to eat you a taco and, and you're going to have you a glass of tea and you're going to have your friends over and you're going to watch the whole big screen old Seacrest and all that New, uh, New York and all that kind of stuff the ball dropping and, and you're going to say boy I tell you 2023 here I come you're going to be just fall on your face but tonight we got to presently think about living with a purpose purpose living number two not only is it purpose living I notice but I notice person living the Bible says in that verse 12 we'll live godly that's purpose 
in Christ Jesus. That's person. Person, person living. Living in Christ Jesus. I'm going to live in his mind. I'm going to get in his mind. I'm going to get in the mind of Christ. I'm going to search his word. I'm going to get on my face. I'm going to get on my knees. And I, Lord, I want your mind. What's your mind, Lord? What's your thoughts? What's your opinions? Lord, what is it tonight that you're thinking? I want to have person living. And that is living in Christ. That is having his mind. But then I want to know his heart. Oh, God, tell me your heart. God, give me the heart of God. God, give me the heart of Christ. God, give me that compassion. Give me that love. God, give me that forgiveness and mercy. And God, give me what Jesus has within his heart that I may have in my heart that I may live person living. Lord, not only give me your mind and heart, but Lord, I, give me your will. That I just do what you do. I do just what you want me to do because I know that's what the Father wants tonight. God, that's your will and I live by your will. And so tonight we find not only a purpose living and a person living, but I notice a promise living. Here in that, in that last portion of verse 12, it says, Jesus Christ shall suffer persecution. Shall suffer persecution. That's promise living. And here's the promise. You're going to suffer persecution. And the more that you live purpose living and the more you live person living, the more you'll have promised living of suffering. And what he's trying to tell us this, this evening is this, is not to be shocked. Not to be shocked. He's telling us not to be offended. Whenever you say, the, and I hear Christians say this all the time, and it, and it grips my heart. They say, you know what, I, I started living right. I, I put down this, and I stopped saying that. And, you know, and I started going to church, and, and I got started giving my tithes. And, you know what, I started straightening my act up. And next thing I know, my car broke down. Why would God do me like that? Why would God do that? I went to work, and they said, you know, we're just going to have to lay you off because the business is bad. And he looked at God and said, God, I... I did all these five things for you that I have never been doing before. And next thing you know, you'd treat me this way. Where are you at? I did better when I lived wicked. I did better when I was drinking the booze. I did better when I was cussing everybody out. I did better whenever I hated everything and gambled. And you know what? I think I just go back to that because it seemed like it was a better way of life. That's why he's telling us tonight of promise living. So that when that suffering does come, don't be shocked. Don't be offended. And don't be disheartened. Because it's promise living. And tonight we can go into 2023 as promise living knowing that we're going to suffer. Right? And so when suffering comes, we're not shocked, we're not offended, and we're not disheartened. We say, Lord, you've already told us that. What a glory God you are. So tonight we say, with the past, there's no confusion. With the present, there's no contradiction. And then let's go into the future. The Bible teaches us tonight, for the future is seeing no controversies. In the future, seeing no controversies. 
I don't want any, do you? Do you want any controversies at all in life? I don't in the future. And so we find tonight, verse 13, he tells us it will be evil, deceptive times in the future. It says that in verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Three things will take place in the future. Number one, there will be sinful conduct. Tonight, we need to get that down in our minds, and our hearts, that when we watch CNN or if you watch Fox or if you watch any other news outlet or you look at any social media or you just go to work or you just outside or whatever you're at and you see all this sinful activity going on in the future, you'll say, wow, I cannot believe that. Tonight, I'm telling you, God's telling us it's going to get worse. Sinful contact. Sinful, it's going to be. It's going to be real sinful. It's going to be real wicked. It's going to be real evil. And so tonight, we've got to know that in the future so that we don't feel like we're naive. And I think sometimes Christians have their head in a hole and they always live in the dark. And, and somehow they're like in a romper room and they got the rubber, rubber along the wall so when they bounce off of it, they won't hurt themselves. And they got a diaper on, and they got a bottle in their mouth, and they walk out here into the real world, and they say, wow, man, this is something here. Look at all this evil. Look at all. How can anybody live for God in such evil and wickedness? And God's telling us tonight, listen, it's going to get like that. We can't act like that. We find not only sinful conduct, but we notice, number two, there's going to be spiritual conflict. Spiritual conflict. Sinful conduct. But spiritual conflict. You get ready in the future. The spirit is going to be in battle. The spirit battle. The evil spirits. The wicked spirits. The, the spirits of this world. The spirits of the evil spirits. Of the demons. Uh, they're going to be at your house and breaking in. They're going to try to come into this church and break in. Uh, they're going to come into everything and anything that you and I could have that's godly and soberly and righteously today. The evil spirits. And friend, the battle is going to rage. And the spiritual battle is going to go ultimate. Yeah. Spiritual conflict. Get ready. Sinful con conduct. And then lastly, it's going to be satanic. Satanic tonight. Conquest. Devil's going to win a lot of wars in the future. He's going to win in Washington. He's going to win on the abortion side. He's going to win on the homosexual side. He's going to win on the gun side. He's going to win on the, on, the, on the rights side. He's going to win on many, many, many situations and occasions. Now, get ready. Satanic movement and satanic realm. And maybe I'll preach on this more this year, but uh, you're going to find uh, that the devil is not relaxing and laying down and, and sitting up in a rocking chair with his beard and you know, his beer and his cigar saying, boy, I tell you, I got this thing right where I want it to be tonight. Oh, no, friend, he's up. He's about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour tonight. Matter of fact, Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, he'll sift you as wheat tonight. I'm praying for you. And we got to know in our mind and heart that there's going to be evil and deceptive times. Amen. I'm talking about future. Is there any controversies? Well, that's no controversy with that, I don't guess. God said it. It's going to come. Number two. 
I notice within that time, though, there, it will be an engaged, determined times. Look at verse 14. He says this, In those times, but continue thou in these things. Listen, church, this is future for you. In 2023, as the times get like the Word of God says it is, our response to those times is continue. That word continue means remain. It means abide. It means stand. You're going to remain, abide, and stand in three areas. Number one, you're going to stand and remain, and you're going to hold in the area of what you've learned. The Bible says in verse 14, which thou hast learned. Everyone in this room, you have learned in the past year and the years of learning and studying God's Word. The Bible says no matter what satanic is going on and sinfulness is going on and the spiritual conflicts that are going on, that you need to remain and hold and stay and abide to everything you ever learned. Don't throw away what you've learned. Don't throw away the preaching and teaching of this church thousands of times. For 26 years of preaching and teaching of the Word of God and the truth of the Bible tonight, and you've been there, you heard and listened to it tonight, you cannot let it go. Because if you do, the satanic and spiritual and sin will sweep you off your feet. Oh, remain to what you heard. Number two, not only what you heard, but what you believed. It says in verse 14, and has been assured of. That thing, that teaching, that doctrine, that word of God, and it's talking about the word of God here, has been assured of. I believed it. I, I see so many people here tonight that, uh, not here, but in, in our this Christian world, uh, they say these things like this. They say, well, you know, the old-timey preacher preached it when I was young, and, and I believed it, and it's true back then. But, boy, 20 years later, 10 years later, 30 years later, they're just saying it different. They're just preaching it different. And I'm just kind of confused now. What do I believe? Do I believe them? Do I believe that? Well, i tell you what you believe. Whatever the Holy Ghost of God is assured in your heart and that you have believed and said, I know it with a fact. I know it is true. You hold on to that. Even though they may want to sway you, even though they want to say that was a lie from back then, they might want to say, well, that's an old path. They might say, well, you know, that kind of thinking is no longer in the 2023 mindset. You say, shut up and go through the Scripture and continue. And don't allow this woke society and this wokeness, because if you do, you'll allow woke, you'll be broke because you'll be a joke. Amen. Yeah. I just made that up. Number three, to stand and hold and abide in not only what you learned and what you believe, but what you've trusted. He says there in that verse 14, he says, of whom thou hast learned them, whom you've trusted. Those who've taught you the scripture, those who've given you the word of God, those who have labored before you, those who have plowed the field, those who have line upon line and precept upon precept, those that have rightly divided the word of truth, they have laid them out before you, and you trusted them. The Bible says in these times, hold on. 
I'm going to tell you, 2023 may get a little challenging for us. But all that teaching you've been having, all that believing that you've got, and all that those teachers who are true and real have taught you and preached to you, you may not like them. You may not appreciate them. Oh, but the truth is undeniable. You hold on to that. Abide. Woo! <laughs> yes, say my hand. That's what I'm going to do. The Holy Scriptures tonight is what we are to continue in because the subject in verse 15 is this. And from that child, and from and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Let me give you lastly now about the Holy Scriptures and we'll close. I've got about five minutes. I can't promise I can hold that, but it will be enlightened and desired times. During this period of time when it's evil and deceptive, it will be enlightened and desired for those who hold. Now you go in 2023 discouraged and down and distraught and depressed and looking for suicide and trying to find more pills and alcohol and, and everything else to get out everything out of your mind and just get everything just to relax, rest, whatever you might do, whatever, find marijuana, however, whatever you want to do. Or you can just hold on. And in those times, you'll find an enlightenment and you'll find a, a very much of a desire for he says, number one, which are able to make thee wise. That word wise means enlightenment. Unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That's desire. See, because the word of God, the gospel, will bring an enlightenment to you. And now you with faith can trust Christ. That's a desire. Without that, you don't have anything. And so we find here, first of all, that the Holy Scriptures and why tonight we're going to hold to them and we're going to keep them and stand with them is because the Holy Scripture never ceases. It says there in verse 16, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It never ceases. When God stops breathing, that word inspiration means breath. Put it like this, with the King James Version Bible you have near and dear to your heart. And you can say it like this. You can say, when God stops breathing, this Bible's not any good. It ceases to be. When God stops breathing. You think God ever stopped breathing? No. So that Bible you got tonight never ceases because it's all inspired of God. Never ceases. You're going to cease. It will never cease. That word of God abideth and liveth forever. That word of God is settled in heaven. That word of God tonight, it is wonderful and it never ceases. That is why we hold on to it. Number two, Holy Scriptures never cease, but the Holy Scriptures never change. The Bible says in verse 16, it is and is profitable for doctrine. Profitable for doctrine. Doctrine's teaching. The teachings never change. As it was 2,000 years ago, it is today. As it was 5,000 years ago, it is today. It's not changed. Not one word, not one jot, not one tittle, not one dot, not one question mark, not one explanation, not any thought, any word, any line, any uh, uh, 
chapter, any verse, it's all the same as it always been. It never changes. So you never change. Amen. I like it. I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I, I'm glad I came to church tonight. The Holy Scriptures never cease. The Holy Scriptures never change because it's profitable for doctrine. But the Holy Scriptures never corrupt because it is profitable for reproof and for correction. It is the Word of God that never corrupts because it's the Word of God that keeps things reproved and corrected. It is the baseline. It is the foundation. Let me say it like this to everybody in this room and everybody out of this room and all the world and all the world. That the Bible is the sole authority, S-O-L-E, sole authority of principle and practice of God's people. Sole authority. <laughs> Man, it's profitable for reproof and correction. It never corrupts. The Holy Scriptures tonight never compromises. The Bible says it's for instruction in righteousness. Never compromises. It's always instructing in righteousness. <laughs> the instruction's always right. It never compromises on any subject. It never compromises on any idea or any philosophy. It never compromises in 66 books. Never. Why would we? The Bible never compromises. It's instruction of in righteousness. Number four, the scripture tonight. Or before is it will be energetic and delightful in times. Now, three things tonight because it will bring a freshness. Look at verse 17. The word of God in the times of 2023, if we go it like we're talking about, you'll find that it will bring a freshness. That word perfect there means fresh. It means complete and whole. It will cause that the man of God may be perfect. In other words, he may have freshness. He may have energy and passion and life. Don't you want that in 2023? You've got to hold on to the Scripture. You've got to hold on to the Scripture in order to get this freshness. Even though things are falling apart and the whole world's coming to crash and all the hell's coming up, you know what we got? We got energy and we got delight because we're just going to stand on the Word of God that brings perfectness, freshness. Number two, it will bring a furnishing. Not only freshness, but furnishing. He says, thoroughly furnished. God said, in 2023, I'll make you fully equipped. I will make you fully ready and fully supported. That's the promise tonight. That's why we can be energetic and we can be delightful. Because he said, I'll make you thoroughly furnished. Not partly, thoroughly. Everything is furnished. Not only will you be fresh and furnished, but thirdly, you'll be finished. It will bring a finishing. He said, unto all good works. Joy and rejoicing and delighting is to know that in 2023, that everyone in this room has the potential and possibility that we can live a joyful, happy, rejoicing, delightful life because we're doing the works of God. Yeah. 
Not because of Putin. Not because surely of Biden. Not because our inflation is low and because the the gallon of milk is a dollar. It's because of what God has done in our lives. He's freshened us. He's furnished us. And we're going to finish. Glory to his name. Amen. Past, present, and future. I know it's Wednesday night, but I just had to give it to you. Let's stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. They asked me one time, they said, Brother Larry, whenever you preach, do you, what if you, what if you only have like 10 people? You kind of just kind of cut it down and cut it out and kind of just make it. If you have 100 people, what do you do? You got add to it a little bit, you know, put a little extra. You know, I honestly looked at him in the face and square ball, square ball eye. I said, no. I said, if I have one. If I have a thousand, I preach the same. You know why? Because I love you. And I love your soul. And if you're the only one here tonight, you need to be fed. And I want to feed you. I don't think I can lay my head on my pillow at night knowing that I cheated you. That I shortened you. Because of the number of people. Your one soul means a lot to me. Your, your walk with God. I take it to heart. May the Lord bless you. Tonight I pray that 2023 will be just like Paul described it. Any prayer requests tonight? Anybody? Yes, sister.
Angel said.